This is Let Her Finish with Steph and Becky. Hi, welcome to Let Her Finish. I'm Becky. And I'm Steph. And this week we are joined by Tolawani as part of our new In Conversation series to talk about her dissertation. Tolawani, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Hi, yeah, thanks for having me guys. So yeah, my name is Tolawani. Um, everyone calls me Tilly though. Um, I'm in my fourth year of international relations at UOB. Cool. And do you want to talk us through your dissertation? So talk us through your title and why you chose it? Yeah, so my title, my dissertation was called They're Here Because You Were There. And it was a post-colonial study about um, the delegitimization of Black Brits. So I'm Black Brit. I've been, I was born in Britain. I'm Nigerian, like, like my parents are Nigerian. I'm Nigerian by like blood, but I was born in Britain. I was raised in Britain and my parents are also both British citizens. So um, I kind of got to the topic because when I was on my year abroad, I did a Black history course. And I was really interested because I was just like how when it comes to like black history in the UK, there's not a lot about it. So there's like people are very misinformed about like how black Brits relate to this country. Everyone kind of thinks they're immigrants, like just straight, like they don't really have as deep of a relation with um, the UK. So I came back wanting to do my dissertation on something to do with blackness and Britishness, because I do feel like it's something that's generally swept under the rug. I initially wanted to start by doing it about how post-colonial history kind of just goes ignored and like, like how like that kind of leads into the racism that we get in the UK which is quite under the rug discreet the more I read and prepared for my dissertation the more I began began to kind of like go down the topic of like nationality and citizenship and like that kind of stuff and following what happened with Windrush because I I was already really like interested in that in terms of like how could that happen to people I did feel like studying something to do with legitimate black Brits was something that was like this is actually a very interesting topic and I decided to kind of use like post-colonialism and like how Britain's colonial history with countries that are like majority black has facilitated their arrival and their existence as legitimate British people here and they should be acknowledged as that and not immigrants. That sounds incredible that sounds so interesting so where was your year abroad like did the country influence this or? So my year abroad was in Canada and again I feel like Canada and the UK share quite a few similarities in terms of like um, unlike America in terms of the black people in Canada anyway they do have black Canadians same way that we do have like black British people who tend to be more from the Caribbean because they did come earlier they also have a lot of black immigrants who Get, then they like go there and reside there so unlike America there's like African-Americans who have been there for hundreds and hundreds of years and have now created their own culture that's separate from like Africa because they've been there for so long like I could relate a bit more to the black people in Canada because it's like um yeah you've been living in Canada all your life and I lived in Britain but then also like I'm still very much tied to like my, my Nigerian heritage and so are they so it's like we still have that relation so I definitely felt like it was interesting even hearing about the race racial issues there because on the surface level no one knows about what's going on in Canada race so I was like oh my gosh like you guys have all this stuff going on here and then it was like um that's how I feel with Britain like I feel like as a black person in Britain like the racial issues aren't taken as seriously so I definitely think that influenced my decision to do that dissertation. Do you want to talk us a little bit through some of the sources that you use like where your reading came from and if there are any primary sources or statistics that you found really useful? One of the books I read was Natives by Carla that was a really really good like I read quite a few like what books by black British authors so Natives by Carla and um, British by Ashwa Hirsch and um, Mam the Lord talking about race by Renny Adolong and there was one book called Wars in Britain that I read which was really really good which is basically kind of about like how legislation has been used to kind of make Britain an ethnically white space even though colonialism says otherwise and that was like when I came across the book I was like this is everything I want to talk about 
so that was one of the really good books then I did also use a lot of like um, so I used a lot of government reports about the Monroe scandal and it was actually really like sad having studied so the way my dissertation was like my first chapter was kind of like um looking at the legislation that allowed black people to be existed to be British citizens in the first place and this this kind of goes back all the way to like after World War II so I kind of established that there's a history that, that like there was laws that p- were put in place to make black people legitimate and then I then spent my second chapter kind of going through how their the delegitimization came as a process like how racism was more of a thing like that encouraged the government to be like we don't want black people here to be able to be British and laws were used to kind of change the idea of what Britishness means to exclude black people deliberately and so then that led me to my Windrush chapter so it was really sad kind of seeing how people who had come because they were told like they are British and how like their descendants had been here all they've known is Britain is that they were just kind of treated as like numbers and because they were black it wasn't a thing that was disputed because again it, it, for me it proved the whole thing that my sister was searching it's like a it's proved that Britishness has been constructed now that black people aren't considered British because when it all happened it was like people were thinking that well yeah they're immigrants anyway so it doesn't matter but it's like no they are British they've been born here they've been raised here their family have been born and raised and it's like even if they came from Jamaica their claims to Britishness are just as legitimate as anybody else so kind of like it was just interesting that like the sources that I use were just really like helps me um even looking at legislation like um there was even a really good documentary I watched by David Olosoga on BBC called the Windrush like hidden files and like it was in legislation like he was finding documents that literally showed that governments were deliberately crafting legislation so that they would deliberately exclude black people only and not other commonwealth citizens so it's like a it's not made up in our heads it's real like yeah no I mean that's insane I mean I was thinking actually about an interview with David Lammy on the radio a couple of weeks ago and someone asked him like well basically said to him you're not British because you're black and he was making the argument that which I think you were kind of talking about earlier about how in America black people there have been there for so long that they're able to establish like more legitimate I don't want to say that but obviously that's the implication citizenship and he was saying well how you know what's the actual turning point how many decades will it take can you even quantify that like why would people actually intrude on someone else's experience exactly and I think again I feel like maybe because even though with Americans like they've been there for hundreds of years and they've crafted their own identity and everything as African Americans I do feel like again like it shouldn't have to get to a stage of hundreds of years before black people can then be seen as like black British do you know what I mean and like Mm -hmm. I know a lot of black people actually do war with that identity because some people feel like why would you claim a country that doesn't want to claim you but I think for me specifically because like I said I'm Nigerian and I'm very proud to be Nigerian but I'm also very aware that like my relationship to Nigeria is not the same as somebody who was born there and maybe moved here when they were like 11 like because I was born here my whole life you know I've been here my whole life I was born here so I just feel like I won't I don't like the idea of being somewhere and I know this is what I call home to be somewhere I feel like I can't I shouldn't even call this place home because they don't see me as I come from here was because even though Nigeria is home it's not like like I would go there and I'd feel out of place because I don't live there I've never lived there before like I go there on holiday maybe yeah but I've never lived there I like I feel comfortable here and obviously yes I experience racism and everything but it's like it's still where I have been and I just do feel like now that racism is being addressed more in the UK it goes beyond just addressing it but like there needs to be an acknowledgement that like people's relationship and that's why I even came up with to like you're here because like they're here because you were there like we're here because of the colonial relations that they had like they colonized these countries and when you colonize these countries you included them in your definition of what Britishness was because Britishness involved all the colonies so you went there and 
you expanded there and extended your kingdom there you do not get to now get you don't get to rescind those borders anymore because you don't want us to be here like that's this is a consequence of what's happened and not saying like oh as in black people and other people of color are burdens but it's like a they should not be made to feel as if they never belonged here when it's like they are rightfully here because of you being there. I think this is so interesting as well because Steph, obviously you're like you lived for seven, eight years in South Africa. That's where you were born. That's where you lived for a large part of your childhood. When you came across to the UK, did you ever face these kind of things or anything like that? Well, so we've I've had conversations about this previously with other people, but basically I wouldn't, I kind of half-heartedly relate to the whole idea of this is home but also there's home but here's home it's all of it you don't really know um but obviously I will have absolutely zero understanding because I very much look British <laughs> British like in quote marks like I I can very easily pretend to be fully British and no one would have any problems with it I sound British I look like I'm white I'm you know but I think this conversation on nationality and citizenship and what makes you either of those things it needs a rethinking and I think that's why your diss is absolutely incredible because I think we've gone so long and i I also read um, why I'm no longer talking to um, white people about race. And in that, she um, was talking about Nigel Farage and how he was saying that there's this like, basically that we're going to be overrun by immigrants and we're going to be overtaken by outside people. And we're going to lose the British culture. And I think, you know, that's just crazy. And I particularly had issue with it because she's talking about how um, there was a quote of him saying that he felt really uncomfortable on a train when he heard this other person speak in a different language around him. And he was like, we're being over with like our country being overridden by immigrants and I was sat there like excuse me <laughs> and it's just it's interesting because I feel like when they say immigrants another thing I realized that why I specifically chose to focus on black people was because I feel like when they say immigrants a lot of times immigrants is such a loaded term it's, it's the specific people that are felt to be like this is a wrong kind of immigrant this is not a good type of immigrant do you know what I mean I definitely do think there are issues with eastern Europeans I know like now due to Brexit and stuff like eastern Europeans do get a lot of fire then again because of the racial and visual barriers it's like a, if you put on an accent you could pass do you know what I mean it's like it's like Asians black people we don't look like what the stereotypical idea of Britishness is. And it's very crazy how people think other people coming here who are not the stereotypical idea of British is overrunning the culture when it's like, first of all, we have contributed so much to the culture, like like black people, Asian people, like stuff like um, Indian food is like one of the like, most popular cuisines in the UK. Do you know what I mean? Like um, music, black people have contributed so much. Like there's so many things that they've contributed to what is British like culture, you know, even like the Olympics and stuff. I'm like, um, sports people like there's so many people that's like a when they're doing well and when you want to you will claim this is Britishness so why is it that they can't also rightfully claim to be British themselves do you know what I mean like I just feel like this is not a decision that people aren't just expendable like that where you can just decide yeah we don't want you anymore that's it and I feel like that's why stuff like the Windrush scandal was just like this is a very dangerous thing to happen that like the government can just kind of decide that someone's not British anymore because you changed the laws about what it means to be British you know and it's it's, it's a very scary process that's why I think as a black person anything to do with like taking away passports taking away citizenship it rubbed me the wrong way completely because it's like a why do you get to make that decision about who is from here and who's not like it's a very it's a like there's a very thin line between doing it like because of like laws and legals and it's like a it, it begins to become very, very sticky because a lot of the time these kind of things disproportionately affect black people and other people of colour. And yeah, it's just, it's not right. Like, it's not. And I felt really good writing the disso. It was long and it was a lot of work. Trust me. <laughs> like, the words nationality and citizenship, I never want to hear them again. But, <laughs> but like, also, 
it built made me feel like okay so I'm not the only one who's noticed this like it's like when you read and you find like okay so this is actually a real thing like it's not something I've kind of just thought in my head like there's work that justifies this there's there's studies that have been done there's like laws that you can physically see this is what it is you know I definitely do feel like when it comes to race and racial issues systemically black people are made to feel as if like we're making it up it's like oh not everything is about race and it's, it's not that deep and it's like um no so I was really happy and I watched the documentary and it was like no nah. so this was deliberately to attack black people this was deliberately to make sure that black people could not be British citizens so it's not like oh we're assuming it's like no that was your goal and that's what you achieved you know I would really recommend it. I think it was called like The Secret The Hidden Files it's on BBC iPlayer The Secret Hidden Files or something like that mm-hmm. um, if you just type in the documentary by David Olusogar you will find it but it was really really good and it was even stuff like I knew this I like gosh like I didn't know it was this bad you know it's like um like I said Britain do a really good job of kind of hiding their racism and like the extent to which they've made people who are not white feel uncomfortable and I feel like maybe now it's come to the forefront a bit more maybe because like they're now targeting other white people that aren't British like Eastern Europeans but um I do feel like it is very, very important that like this stuff is known. I only also feel like when it's not acknowledged, that's when the problems become worse and things like Windrush can happen because the relationship between Britain and these colonies has been completely forgotten. That seems like, well, yeah, we can get rid of them because they're not even British in the first place. Do you feel like all of this is a consequence of, as you were saying earlier, kind of like governments picking and choosing when black people constitute as British and when they don't? Like when you benefit, when they can benefit and when they can't. Um, so with what I did research in my dissertation, what I generally do feel like it's a consequence of is generally like it's similar to that thing about them picking and choosing, but it's also because what I've argued was it's because colonial history has been removed from like mainstream ideas of Britishness, mainstream legislation. So it's like the link that black people have to the UK isn't seen in legislation. So a lot of the laws that they, a lot of the nationality laws that exist now emphasize people needing to have a link to the UK to be like classes like um, legitimate. And the insinuation is that that link needs to be through ethnic ties, blood ties, right? And um, it's generally made Britishness seem like an inherently white thing. Whereas the link that black people tend to have with the UK is through colonialism, but that has been removed from legislation. So it's like they have a link, but the link has not been recognised by law. So that's generally why I I think it's kind of gone because colonial history is not something that's talked about. If anything, it's really romanticised and made it seem like, oh, we did all these great things for all these countries. We went there, we modernised them, we civilised them. And it's like they see it as something that they benefited from. Well, we benefited from them coming over there. But it's also like, um, but you also open the door to, you classify them as British. So if people are going to use and exercise their rights to be British and come and abide in the UK, they're going to come and abide in the UK. But again, because they wanted to, and it was a, del- a deliberate action to remove and make black people seem illegitimate as British people, they had to remove the link that would make them legitimate in public, in like the public eye and in legislation. And that was colonialism. So Definitely the laws, if you see them as they go through the 20th century, colonialism just becomes less and less and less of a thing. And it's like, that's why black people are made to seem as if like they don't even belong here. It's crazy. I mean, it's absolutely mind blowing all of this. But I like, I'm thinking back to June with all the BLM protests and people were kind of picking apart rule Britannia and empire and all the rest of it. And it's making me think of that and thinking about how, as you say, it's becoming in the laws at least less and less of a thing, but this country still benefits 
and thrives from it every day definitely like even with the whole issue of statues and stuff I just do feel like again it speaks to again how Britishness is still seen as a white thing because when people were complaining about how certain statues and certain historical figures are being honored but it's like for a large group or a, a group of a group of your population I've actually been victimized by th- those people that you guys are honoring do you know what I mean and it's like this is how you you even see it as like this is this is how you're showing that Britishness is not something that exists outside of whiteness because why should someone be honoured if a bunch of your population feel like they've been terrorised by that person? Do you know what I mean? So even like Winston Churchill, he's seen this great war hero. He hated black people, you know? Like, so it's like, but oh yeah, let's glorify him. And I'm not saying that like, not to take away, I don't care actually, I don't care about Winston Churchill. Like not to take away from like saying that he didn't do whatever he had to do, but it's even just like, let's like the fact that it can just go unacknowledged that this same person disliked a large part of your legitimate population why should they now be upheld as a war hero? Or even if you are going to uphold them, why should it be an issue that certain people in your population who are victimised by that person have an issue with them being romanticised and honoured in that way? They will have an issue with it, you know? So I was really happy when the BLM thing came and like this this year, like last year, sorry, and it was something that was like, we were acknowledging it like seriously across the globe and not just in America. Because I definitely think another thing that happens is Britain kind of always look at America like, oh yeah, look at how racist they are. Like, they, they kill their black people over there. Like they've got guns and stuff. But it's like the same thing happens here, but it's because Britain has been able to, again, sweep it under the rug. People, other than the people who live here, know how bad it is. Do you know what I mean? Like things happen all the time. People are dying. Even now, like free black people um, kids have gone missing and just showed up dead like students and it's like this is not being taken seriously when Sarah Everard god bless her soul honestly like god like what happened to her was horrible but it's like a couple of weeks earlier blessing a Nigerian girl went missing and the same thing happened she was just found dead and it was only until Sarah's case happened and was taken seriously as it should have been did people begin to realize that no actually something happened as well and it's like again black people keep being failed by the British state and the police and everything because again they're not seen as British they're not seen as people who belong here and I feel like by acknowledging that they are I'm not saying that will solve all the problems but I definitely think it'd be a step in the right direction because a country has like rights to the people that are considered citizens so definitely in the right direction. So in terms of kind of popular politics and BLM movement and everything like that do you think that researching and writing your dissertation has changed your outlook at all like how you would go about introducing or having those conversations in like everyday life? Um, so last year when it was happening I actually went to a protest and actually spoke at that protest crazy enough and I was very sure that I did that. Um, I feel like one thing I would say that my dissertation has helped me do is be a mo- lot more confident in my politics when it comes to BLM. I feel like there were things I knew before but it's like you know you don't have like the academic backing like to feel like I know what I'm saying but people sometimes don't take what you're saying seriously when they think it's just all feeling and emotion and it's like a no no I've studied this now I actually know what I'm talking about like there's stuff here I can point to the resources I can point to the, the the statistics I can point to all of that I definitely feel like it's made me more confident in talking about these things and being quite like like no this is true do you know what I mean because I feel like when you don't have the academic backing I'm not saying that academic makes it legitimate because I genuinely don't think it does I feel like if that's how it is that's how it is but I do feel like in terms of being taken seriously by others at least I can point to no it's not just me saying it says studies there's there's work there's examples I can literally show you that proves xyz so I am happy that it's definitely made me feel like I can take this 
like be more confident and be more like sure when I talk about these kind of things because it's like a, you are like you know what you're talking about you've studied that you know so. yeah do you think that then the academic research and like part of the learning makes it feel like there's more of a sense of community whereas the legacy of colonialism and sort of state structures in Britain leaves you feeling a bit isolated because there's not really like an open platform to talk about things I definitely think when it's being theorized because another thing um, as an IR student we look at like um, construction of knowledge and stuff like that and in the west um knowledge and academia is really held highly right so as much as like it's, it's only like through feminist studies and like post-colonial studies that like experience is being seen as an, another valid form of knowledge and it's like it can't just all be academia because that's an exclusionary like it's exclusionary in itself because some people they theorize in a different way so like through feminism and stuff I've kind of learned how like experience is important so I definitely feel like but again acknowledging that we are in the west and like you want your issue to be taken seriously where you reside I definitely feel like theorizing and having our experiences theorized in the way that is recognized by the west definitely makes it more like when I was reading Akala's book I was like yeah like yeah this is this is this is it like even when I was reading why I'm the local talking about race it's like this is exactly how I feel it's like it's nice because obviously yeah you can talk to your friends and your family about it but to know that it's like okay on a wider platform it's like this is not it's not just me I'm not crazy it's not like oh maybe it's where I live and that's why I love like social media and stuff because even like with Twitter and stuff and Instagram you can see like it's not just me it's not just my friends it's not just my area it's like this is a widespread thing you know and definitely feel like through academics as well I definitely feel like it's given people more confidence to speak about these things and also I feel like it helps people who aren't like people who aren't black to actually be able to to like know about it because I feel like there's only so much like one-to-one explaining a person can do about their own experience but even be able to read about it and hear okay this is the experience that but also the statistics the laws the things that have happened like and it, it helps build a better picture for people who may not be able to directly relate and that's the case for everyone like you know like with men yeah when women talk about whatever like all the issues that we go through as women like again it's only through reading and like learning because they they're never going to be they're never going to be able to understand because like they, they've been able to benefit from all this privilege but the studies that exist feminist studies will show you this is actually what happens by the way these are the statistics these are the facts these are the figures they, they will understand the same with lgbtq people like people who are not part of a certain community unfortunately they will never be able to truly truly empathize but I feel like one way to get them to start is by being able to read about what other people have gone through and again helping them build a better and bigger picture but like relating it to not just personal experience which is very important but like the wider experience at hand so yeah like stats figures all those kind of things because it helps you understand how widespread that issue is just following on from that then do you think your experience at UOB in the IR department and wider do you think you've been offered the kind of range of modules that will help other people understand um, different experiences and do you think you've had the access to academics that can also help you pursue interests such as your dissertation honestly no um, I feel like one thing I would say I'm a big feminist so in terms of feminism I'm really really happy that when it comes to that UOB within the departments so of the policies department have been amazing in terms of like there is so many feminist um, academics that we have there's like there was a like feminist modules the gender modules and I've been in terms of my feminism I have come leaps and bounds at UOB like and I'm super happy about that because I've really been able to learn about it like and really dissect where I stand in my feminism as well through academics however when it comes to race that is unfortunately not the case black people in the policy department are woefully underrepresented and this the the topics as well again are like when I look at other unis like 
Leicester, for example, um, they have some topics. Because I sometimes just look at other unis and like their degrees and their modules that they do for like the same degree that I'm doing. And in terms of race, it wasn't really something that has come up as an issue. Anytime I've ever done anything to do with race in UAV, it's been an independent project and I chose to center it on race. The only time roughly I feel like maybe it's come up again within my feminism modules, because again, you can't talk about feminism without talking about black feminism. And that's how I've been able to kind of like relate it there. But as a whole, no, which is quite sad. So I do hope that that does improve, but you never know, like, I feel like, hopefully. That's, I mean, that's crazy, but also I feel like I remember back in June, like, at the same time as all the protests happening, a friend of ours did a study where she was asking people from many departments what their experience was in terms of their teaching staff and their resource lists, and whether they were representing Black um, black academics basically whether or not um there was representation in the departments and I mean the answer is pretty much no I'm, I've done yeah. law for three years and I think I've had maybe two black lecturers and they were only yeah. seminar leaders and they were PhD students they weren't same with me I had one and she was a seminar teacher PhD and she actually left she went to another uni she left halfway so I was actually really sad because oh my god this is my first like black lecturer like oh my gosh it is something I feel like they do need to work on because I just feel like I think it's not even just a UAB problem, it's a Russell Group problem, it's an academic problem generally, but specifically when it comes to Russell Group um, unis, they are like quite underrepresenting in that, that area. But I feel like especially when it comes to stuff like politics and stuff, it's very important that you do because nearly everything is political. So I just feel like there's certain things that should be discussed. And yeah, and also I just feel like even in terms of the kind of work that's being produced, people write better about things they relate to. You know, so it's like, oh, that's how my, my work on feminism has been like some of the best stuff I've done in my entire degree <laughs> in terms of like all the other stuff, because it's like, it's just something I relate to, it's something I care about, this is something I'm actually passionate about. But in comparison, I'm writing stuff about, I don't know, international law, I don't care. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, cool. It's interesting, yay, but it's also like, um, I don't personally relate to that. So it's like even giving other people the opportunity to write about things. Because what I like about politics is that like there is a lot of freedom in terms of the modules you can study in terms of like we're not boxed into having to pick specific or you can because you're an IR student, you can only do these modules because you're a politics student, you can only do that. Generally across the board, I've had access to like nearly any module I wanted to do. So I feel like within having access to like have modules that specifically like allow people to really, really shine in the areas that they're interested in. And I feel like, again, because lecturers do the modules that they are special that they specialize in so it's like okay so if you don't have any lecturers that specialize in this and you need to kind of find the lecturers that specialize in that you know I mean like it's not enough to just say oh no one in the department specializes in it you need to find them then and you need to employ them and not just in post like across the campus do you know what I mean like it needs to be done I think also in terms of representation specifically with law now I remember when I came to UAB on the open day the head of the law school's woman and I remember feeling like this is really cool. All the unis I've told, no one there's been a woman. This is pretty insane. And I think there's a lot to be said for seeing people you relate to in high up positions that you yeah. can aspire to because yeah. it like legitimizes that. So I think the experience of UAB students in particular, but like you said, it's not it's not unique to UAB of black people who can't see people in high up positions doing, you know, incredible things. Like it's sad, like because even the fact that like even there was an issue with the um with the women to male ratio impulse before I know, but it's like they've definitely improved on that a bit. Like I've had quite a few female um lecturers I really like personally because I just feel like one, especially when it comes to like the, the modules that I've been in that have had the female lecturers. 
just feel like I'm happy to have you as a lecturer. Like it's it's good because not only is like a yeah, she's smart, you know, and but also it's like there's a way that I do feel like again, experience underlines everything you do, right? There's a way where they teach that it's like a, you acknowledge all those little things that unfortunately, because people who aren't, when you're privileged to certain things, you don't notice how it affects your outlook on life. So it's like, even like, I feel like, like I said, everything, like gender affects everything as well. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like when I've had female lecturers and everything, like they've been able to understand and relate how gender relates to whatever module, even if it's not direct, um, directly there, I feel like I've liked it because you've been able to relate like, no, like, it even relates here so the same would be said for like any other identity um whether it's even when it comes to like disabilities or lgbtq people like it's just like there needs to be people who come from different experiences because their experience will underline their teaching and it will make even people who aren't aware of how this affects it it makes them aware like oh no this is how it does make a difference by the way this is how it affects the way um politics goes or how laws are made or whatever like yeah i think there's also quite a lot to be said kind of on this topic it's really nice to um, see people in departments that are of um, different backgrounds but also in terms of reading lists like I think Russell Group unis as a whole have a problem with diversifying their reading lists where especially in history where I am you can kind of pull out the white Eurocentric male voice in a fair few reading lists even when topics aren't about the white male Eurocentric voice and I know that people are putting a lot of effort into highlight this and to make changes but I still think it's a problem and it needs I can to imagine history being worse because history is like everything right so even like of history it's like a what histories are you guys even deciding to focus on like why is that the history that like because I don't know again I've, I've never like because I love history personally like I've, I did history A level I like even when my IR course I take history modules as well but they're like they're more like global history as opposed to like specific histories and stuff um but it's even like the histories that you choose to focus on that even speaks to like why is that the history that we feel is the one that is worthy of knowing not even relevant but worthy and then obviously you have the whole thing I think was it Oxford where like the students were like decolonize the reading list when it's like there is so much and even for me it goes beyond just decolonize it because I do feel like the typical um literatures by the well the really well-known ones by non-white academics always get on the reading list like Orientalism by Edward Said that one's everywhere do you know what I mean um Spivak's Candace of Alton Speak that one's also everywhere like I mentioned those in my, in my disorder, so yeah um but uh, I do feel like let us also get a bit more niche because we can go niche with a lot of the texts I've seen like loads of the loads of the reading list I'm like oh I never heard about this so it's like oh, we can go niche with also academics and authors that are not men that are not whites that are not um able-bodied like there's so many like niche pieces of literature that can be put on the reading list but again that also just speaks to academia as a whole because it is a very like middle class white able-bodied institution and I mean it's hard but it's like that's what needs to be done like it doesn't need to just be all these what is classified as legitimate texts and stuff but yeah mm, I don't I don't think it's enough either just to put them on the extended reading list because no. No, about you guys I probably haven't looked at an extended reading list in, like any of my time <laughs> I do not because let me just tell you I'm a lazy academic I'll be the first to say stuff like Ewasais and all the all the hard texts honestly I have floated through my entire degree trying to avoid reading them because I don't like to I love reading but if it's too hard I'm not gonna read it so my thing is like but obviously when it gets to like I have to I'm gonna do it don't just shove them into the extended because yeah that doesn't even get a second look I promise you the core doesn't even get a first like if I'm being really honest <laughs> I think it's essentials so it's like but at least I know about them and I will go to them if I need to but exactly like they're worthy of studying and applying them to real life contexts and what we're studying here at UAB I'm not gonna bash you be completely 
degree because I said like I feel like as a degree I don't think I would have wanted to do it anywhere else I do feel like I've really really enjoyed my degree here and I've really enjoyed what I've been able to study and like I said when it comes to like my feminism I'm so thankful that it's come leaps and bounds like I just feel like I'm such a confident feminist now like there's nothing anyone can even tell me to change my mind you know (laughs) but um when it comes to like my racial politics and stuff I feel like specifically as a black woman that's also a whole other issue as well because like black women like there's intersectionality and all that kind of stuff right so I feel like when it comes to my racial stuff it's like that's all stuff I've kind of still throughout my whole life it's like I've had to pick up myself as opposed to the first time I learned about it in a formal academic sense was when I was in Canada and it was like, that was the first time there's a course specifically related to black history and not just black history as it pertains to slavery, but black history as like across the Atlantic and what how blackness has been made to be in the West. So I was like, this is the first time I've ever actually learned about race in terms of like courses. And it's like, if we can do it in gender, we can do it in race. We can do it with, do you know what I mean? Because I've taken so many gender and feminism modules and I love them, but it's like a we can do it with all the other aspects of identity as well. It doesn't need to just be gender because I just feel like it's good that we've broken that boundary. So let's continue. Let's not just stop at, we've acknowledged that, oh, there's different gender identities. Let's stay there. Let's continue, you know? I think that's actually, I was, when you were saying that, I was just thinking about how my own history lessons up until GCSE or whatever, I've only ever been taught about slavery in terms of the black experience. And I think, you know, I'm not trying to say that that's not valuable, but I do think it very much, as you said earlier, pushes it to America and it doesn't let us turn our back, like turn inwards and look within our own country and our own systems. And I think, you know, my learning and stuff about the Black experience has been pretty much entirely off my own back from the BLM protests onwards. Like I haven't been taught this in an academic setting since I was in year eight and learned about slavery. And that's crazy because I'm about to enter the working world. I'm about to have to deal professionally with all walks of life and I haven't been taught about it and the issue is is like there what is even more irritating is the fact that there's sufficient black history within Britain to be taught formally in these in schools I don't like how they make it seem as if like the black history in Britain is like unrelated like no Windrush for example the Windrush um everything to do with that is so so in my opinion so so important to teach people because it's like it will help you even understand how that they are valid like don't treat them like they're not because they are but there's even so many things that have happened since then that I feel like let's not focus on America because that's their own issue over there but let's also look at what's going on over here and I feel like like you just mentioned the working world there's professionals there's directors there's CEOs who are in higher positions I've never learned about this so why would the working world not also reflect the inequalities that exist in society because the people in power don't know anything about it they, they don't they don't know the histories and that like they, they don't realize that like subconscious biases and stuff are being replicated in the way they treat people because that's what they've been taught do you know what I mean and that's even why sometimes when people talk about race like black people they're kind of like made to seem as if like oh this is not relevant here like everything is about race do you know what I mean and the same times with women as well when women talk about things like oh not everything is sexism and da da but it's like because you it's not it's because you've not been taught it and you you don't know and because you're not on the receiving end when you're not on the receiving end just naturally because we're human beings you don't realize as much the things that affect other people if it doesn't affect you because again we're human beings and like we can be empathetic as much as we can be but it's only when you're on the receiving end of a certain injustice you actually truly truly understand like oh this is how it affects my life by the way but for people who are told not everything is about that um yeah it is because this is my whole identity and it affects who I am even the other issue, the race report that came out, or the ethnic inequalities one that came out, they basically said that racism doesn't even exist in the UK. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's ridiculous because I've got a whole bunch of people otherwise who would say, 
otherwise and the way that we're even trying to like make it seem like oh because black africans do well so it's not a race thing because if black africans can do well then it's an issue of black caribbeans but also we need to re remember that black africans relationship to the uk is very very different to black caribbeans who have been here longer black caribbeans have been here longer so they are more likely to have been affected by the injustices faced by the black people in the uk because they were the ones who were facing those injustices do you know what i mean because in america black immigrants do tend to do better than the african-americans but again the black immigrants have not faced 400 years of slavery and racial inequality do you know what i mean they do face racism there by being black they've not been systemically held back the way african-americans have been and that is the same here black caribbeans who have been here longer have been held back because they're the ones who face the injustices that were happening right here. Do you know what I mean? So they're more affected by it. So even that fact that, that race report came out it was very dangerous to me. I was actually really upset because it's very, very, very dangerous. And I, I very dangerous ground to, to argue that we're going, we're in a post-racial society because we're very much not, we are not. And I feel like this color blind thing that people try and do, like I don't see race thing, it's very counterproductive because race is, in your face by the way like it is you can't pretend that you don't see that i'm black because i am you know and it's it's not enough to pretend that you don't see it because it is there and it very much has real effects what you need to be doing is acknowledging that is okay so how is this affecting my relationship with that person and how can we work to make sure that as much as i can do remove any sort of barrier making sure that me and you are treated differently do you know what i mean that report was the wrong way to go. I even talked about it in my dissertation because it was it was like, this is what happens when the racial histories are not acknowledged, you know? Like there's no acknowledgement that like the Caribbeans have been here longer than black Africans. So of course they're more affected by the injustices. Like even a really good series was on BBC, um, the Small Act series, and it did a lot of like black history within the 1960s to 1980s. And it was really interesting because as much as it did stuff about injustices, it was also really, really nice to see like just black people being in Britain um, and it was nice because it's like I feel like historically we don't get to see that like we just every time we think of black British people sometimes I feel like I always think of like struggle racism um, injustice but it was actually just even see like some episodes were just to do of like black people just being and having fun and it was so nice to see because it's like a not everything about black people is always like horrible and like and that's what happens when slavery is like the main thing like or everything you think about them in their histories it's horrible it's nasty it's sad it's tra tragic and it's like nah they also have like nice things to talk about do you know what i mean like we learn about that in all other parts of any other history so why would you not do that for like black people as well moving on then a bit after kind of studying your diss and getting to grips a bit more with your um like black feminism and um, activism and stuff what kind of changes would you like to see in, I guess, either legislation and edu education or like social behaviour from people that you know that you think would kind of improve the situation a bit more? First of all, I need to see more courses, more um, modules in unis and in schools to do with the Black British history specifically. It is something that I've always felt like I don't like the fact that because there's a bunch of Black people who've all they know is Britain, they don't see themselves represented in that history. And I don't think that's fair, nor is it right. That is something that definitely I would like, if I can, I will campaign for, especially in like year, like year sevens and year eights, year nines, where you learn like your fundamental histories. Do you know what I mean? Um, I also do feel like I put in those things. It makes people, people also are more interested in things that reflect them. You know, like there's people like you're interested in the histories that are like, oh my God, I can relate to that. You know, so definitely more courses and more academics that specifically talk about Black Britishness in the UK. In terms of like behaviours and legislations and stuff, 
I definitely do feel like I would want like it sounds so idealistic but I need it to be like publicly I don't know like I just feel like publicly there needs to be kind of more acknowledgement of Britain's colonialism and what it really really meant for the people who they colonized and not just the romantics of it you know I mean like I need it to be more acknowledged that like there was actually a very nitty gritty past without colonialism but also the relationships and the consequences and the aftermath of it we still live in it today I feel like it's very much think that because colonialism has happened and it's done it's not it's no longer but the effects still affect Britain today and they still benefit from it today so definitely more acknowledgement of that because I feel like acknowledging that will then help people acknowledge how other races relate to Britain and how they're here do you know what I mean so those are two things I think are very important going forward no and I think also when you were talking about how nice it was for you to see just like black people just being and enjoying themselves instead of just constant struggle and you know all the rest of it I think maybe I remember like when Black Panther came out on TV it was like the first time I had even seen that and I think you know how much that did for culture can't be overstated and I feel like another thing that definitely could be improved is representation in films and stuff of like happy endings (laughs) yeah like there's a lot of things like so another thing like Hollywood is a big issue as well but like that's a whole other thing of like a lot of the black women that come out of slavery racism ah oh my god I fell in love with my slave master oh my god I fell in love with a Nazi all this kind of thing then it's like even though it's that it's necessary to very much hear about those histories but it's also like black people exist beyond just suffering you know so sometimes even like so there's a lot of like black love films that I love like um there's Courtney ones that love and basketball or like just right like I just love them because it's like um black people can be in love and because I, I love a good rom-com do you know what I mean like, I love Angus Wong's The Perfect Song and that's like one of my favorite films of all time first of all it's, it's amazing <laughs> but also like with film as well that's another thing um that's what I love small acts specifically because any of the love films I've seen or any of like the films of black people being have always been American focused and American centric it's like what about black British people that like, do we not love do we not like have our own because you know it's because it's one of those things that's like I know me and my friends do me and my friends we we exist here so it's like oh, why does that not why is that not reflected in, you know, um, in like film here, you know? I feel like that's why I love Angus Thongs though, because I feel like generally like the British teen experience generally was not something that was represented in film, like in a non in a non-mythical way. So when I watched Angus was a perfect song, it was just like, oh, this is so cute. Cause like, you know, it's like a, oh my God, they're in school uniform, like we do, you know, because in America they all wear like their own clothes and stuff. Like, yeah, they're in school uniform. And it was just like, it was nice that like, to see yeah like you know like things you can relate to in terms of even the way that like the way they refer to be like oh yeah this girl from the year above like because like things like that do you know what I mean so it's like with black people as well anything to do with black Brits and it's like not everything in the UK when it comes to black Brits has to be gang crime knives drugs which is what it has I'm I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing because these are things that still need to be told that's what happens but also let's see black people loving let's see black people having fun let's see black people having that sitcoms do you know what I mean like let, let them just be like it doesn't need to always be like some sad horror story that around them no I think there's also like I've seen um a couple of people I follow on Instagram saying how not every day of their lives are they activists or like trying to change the world and I think that's definitely it with these films it's like not every single black person all the time you just want to enjoy your life as well literally literally like even when it comes to like feminism as well because again like I I personally identify very much as like as a black feminist so when it comes to like gender race that's like my bag um it's like a, yeah as much as I will very much call out anything that I don't like I also honestly I'm lazy okay I want to sit and watch a film and relax like is that 
like you said, I'm not every day I'm an activist. Not, not, not my entire being is not fighting for injustice. It's actually quite tiring, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like when when it comes to, I mean, you know, when everyone's like, oh, ignorance is bliss, they weren't lying because I feel like when you come to university and you learn more about certain injustices and like structures and barriers, you begin to feel very, very uncomfortable because it's like oh my god this is all that's happening in the world and then you begin to feel like fatigue because it's like you want it to change it and you can't so it's like sometimes it's like people really do just want to disconnect because I don't want every part of my life to be based on oh I cannot change the injustices in the world like escapism do you know what I mean like choosing to ignore things that's not not that you should but it's like a it's draining you know and it's like you know for example when um so when the whole Sarah Everard thing came out right I was really really distressed because as a woman I don't know if you guys feel the same like I don't like I know walking around later that I know it's a dangerous thing like I just know that but also I know it needs to get done sometimes sometimes I'm out and I need to just get back home so one thing I choose to do personally is I choose to just like kind of ignore the ideas like oh this could happen to you this could happen to you this, I, like ignorance is bliss you know what I mean? because like if I think about it it will it will stress me out a lot but when the whole Sarah Everard case was happening and there was all these apps that people saying download this and it'll show you if your area is safe or whatever I was like I hated it because I was like oh, this is something I know but I've chosen to ignore so I can get on with my life to the best that I can but now that it's all in my face all I can do when I walk around is look behind me and think is someone following me like get into my car and quickly lock my door like I know these are things we do naturally because we know what happens to women but it's like a I also, to be able to navigate life to the best of my ability, as comfortably as I can, I've had to choose to ignore certain parts of that. So I don't always feel like like someone's chasing me because that's not a nice way to live, do you know what I mean? So it's like exactly like, it's not every day that I want to have to always be reminded of the fact that this is the, how I live in this world and this is my position because of the identity that I, I, I have. Like, it's not nice, you know, and it's not nice for anyone. I don't know if you guys felt that same way, but for me, I just felt like, it was like, I was so sad about that. It's like, I don't like hearing about things so much. I know that I can't physically change on myself because yes, Sarah Everard, I'm so like, God rest her soul. Like what happens has happened. Women are still being killed. Women are still being kidnapped. And it's like, should I be walking around at night thinking, oh my gosh, I can't even live up past nine o'clock because if I go out at nine o'clock, that's it. Someone's going to kidnap me. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's actually very scary. And it's like, if I was to always, 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 always think about what happens in this world, I'd not leave a house. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually such a horrible situation to have to be so, in a way, feel like you have to be alert all the time, but then that takes up so much time and energy that that makes you tired and you can't think about doing other things. I don't know whether this is something that you've actually thought about, but I'm just going to throw this question at you anyway. In terms of career aspirations and what you want to move on to next, I don't know if you've got anything sorted, but does your dis or um, kind of black feminism link in any way to what you want to do next? Is it something you could see yourself carrying on with in the future? Um, so I actually want to go into public relations. Um, um, I'm currently doing an internship right now with a housing agency. PR generally is quite a white um, sector. It's like, they know it's white. Do you know what I mean? Like I worked with a charity or I worked, like they got me an internship called Taylor Bennett. Um, and they're really good because they help, they're helping to kind of bridge that ethnic gap and like bring more black and other ethnic minorities into PR because it is a very white industry. So in terms of, for me, I just feel like any career that I go into, one thing that I feel like in terms of bringing my black feminism there is just being very open and direct about how that can influence in certain things. Like, I don't know if you guys see that sometimes like brands or companies bring some stuff out and it's like, uh, where was your PR team when you was doing this? Like, who okayed this? And I definitely feel like, again, people don't notice things that they're not affected by. I definitely think in terms of public public relations, 
you need more black PR people, you need more female PR people, you need more LGBTQ ones because they're going to be the ones that, no, sorry, like, this does not pass the car, like, this is not good, like, this is not, like, this is not where you want to be representing your company. And also, even in terms of, like, the other companies that companies may, like, relate to, it's like, you don't want to kind of be linked to them because they're known to be racist, by the way. You don't want to be linked to them because they're sexist, like, stuff like that, like, is much, even though my career choice doesn't directly link to black feminism, it's like, then it's a need for it in that field in terms of recognising things that need to be kind of be put right and also bringing that input which is what I want to do hopefully I'm successful at that because I do feel like as well it's hard when you're an academic or you come from an academic background you're very used to kind of being told to be vocal about your opinion so it's like a, when you get to the professional world it's kind of navigating is this the is will it be counterproductive for me to bring this up now and to fight for it or should like should I do it should I not so just the best I can kind of provide that perspective is what I want to do. No, definitely. And I think also we were wondering, you know, you've been talking about how draining this is and how it takes a lot out of you. Would you say that that was something you found tri- like challenging with writing the dissertation? Yeah, because it was like, sometimes I feel like when you're writing something that you're not as passionate about, or you don't personally relate to, you, obviously you want to do well because it's your work, but it's like, um, when I was writing this, I felt like, even when I couldn't be bothered, it's like, I need to do this justice because this is like something I'm so passionate about and I would not be happy embarking on something that's so personal to me and not doing it justice. Like, so sometimes I was like, uh, because I'm so p- connected to it, it would be so draining because like, even when I feel so tired with this, so I can't even just like, you know what, forget it. I don't even care anymore because it's like, I do care. So yeah, definitely. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's been so interesting to talk to you and we wish you all the best of luck in the future. Thanks, guys. It was really fun. This is Let Her Finish with Steph and Becky.